0: Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So this morning, the title of this message is Keep Graduating. Now I know that uh, a lot of times we graduate from high school or college and then we kind of... Not saying we stall out, but we kind of stall out, right? We kind of just start taking it easy. Now, I'm going to let you guys know this uh, because some of you have not graduated yet, but once you graduate from high school, I know a lot of times, you know, I hear at the graduation speeches and all of those things, they, they make a statement and they say, we have arrived, we have made it the pinnacle of success. But I hate to inform you, high school was not the hardest part, Surviving academics was not the hardest part. Wait till those those bills keep showing up and you don't know why your electric bill is so high. And then you learn about property taxes and you thought you bought the home but you owned it but you keep paying taxes on it. Keep on going. (laughs) And then you thought the appetizers were free. (laughs) Dad, the dessert looks good too. Who's paying for that? Well, one day... As a full-grown adult, when you realize you were bamboozled into adulthood, and there's nothing free, right? It's a challenge, right? Um, Man, I know, uh, you know, just to be realistic, inflation has really put a wallop on people this year. It's been challenging. It has been difficult. I don't think nobody got an 11% raise this year, huh? Because that's what inflation did, so... When we look at life, we look at the challenges of what we're going through, uh, we have to understand God never said it would be easy, but he said he would be faithful. Now, I wish we could just be like, I quit. I'm quitting at this adult life thing, but guess what? We can't quit, right? There's people depending on us. Maybe we're depending on ourselves. Um, You know, God is depending on us to be the sons and daughters that he's called us to be. And um, understanding in life... And uh, some of you you young people in the room, maybe you've experienced this. If you have not experienced this, you will experience this. But understanding that in life, you will have setbacks. You will have difficulties. You will have failures. You will have unfavorable moments. You're going to have hurts. You're going to have wounds. At times, you're going to suffer loss. But it is what you do during those hard, difficult times that will determine, first and foremost, the course of your life. And then what I have learned also, how I respond to those hard things also determines how long I stay in that season of my life also. There are moments in our life where God wants to move us to the next season, but because we have not learned or figured out what it is that he was wanting us to learn in that season of our life, we keep ourselves there. So we have to understand that God is, about, is a God about growth and, and graduating and moving on from season to season to season to season, right? The longer we live, hopefully we've had more seasons of our life to graduate and to grow and to do well. Um, you know, uh, if you're still in eighth grade, uh, it's time to grow up and come on and let's move. Like, let's keep going, Right. Let's keep challenging ourselves, but you must be a person of determination and make up in your mind today to never give up. Amen. It's easy to do because i tell you what, as much as I can encourage you and as much as God wants you to succeed, we have to understand there's an enemy of this world that wants you to fail, wants you to fall, and he wants you to stay right where you're at. He has no ambition for you to live out your God calling for your life. He wants you to fail. He wants you to think that, well, you're just a failure and that's what God created you to be and just stay right where you're at. He doesn't want us living to our full given God potential. Now, understand, I'm not just talking to graduates in the room. I'm talking about sons and daughters of God, that we are living our lives well as we run this race that God has called us to run called life. Will we be found living a, a life full of God's purposes and his plans and, you know, when he comes back or will we find, will he find us sulking in our frustration and irritation and just, well, you don't understand the hard times. Last I understand, Jesus understood hard times. It says even unto the cross he endured, he suffered in every single way so that he could understand what we're going through. So the moment we feel like we don't have a God that understands and can relate to us, understand he can relate and he cares very much about us. John 16, I feel like God keeps taking us back to this passage. I don't know if we need to really, really get it. But it says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, period. Now, it doesn't stop there. Now, a lot of us, maybe we've stopped at the trouble because there was a period there and we thought, well, that may, maybe that's the end, but God had a different perspective, but he said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So that statement is a powerful statement. So you're going to go through hard times, this world, you're going to experience trouble, but it says, but take heart, be of courage. I have overcome the world. Understand that anything and everything in this present world, Jesus overcame it. All of it right? You know, that he's already provided the victory for you before you walk through it. We just don't realize it. We think, well, you know, this is just carrying my cross, Lord, my burden to bear, whatever it is. God says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. A lot of times we're enduring our cross when God said, I put that on Jesus. You're not supposed to carry that. Right, And we think we're being helpful by carrying those burdens upon ourselves. When God says, be free from that burden, be changed, be free. But he has overcome everything. So he calls us likewise to be an overcomer through him. Jesus overcame the world and is offering that same overcoming power to you and I. First John 5, 5, it says, who is it that overcomes the world? Question mark. He's setting up this passage, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is that in reference to? You and I. Who is it, the one that has the the chance to believe in the Son of God? That's the sons and daughters of God. So those who overcome the world are those who believe in Jesus. And we overcome because he overcame Revelations 12, 11. they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death, shrink from death. So it says they, they triumphed. Now understand the, that word triumphed over in, in the King James, New King James, NASB. That word is Overcame. They overcame, they overcame, they overcame. This morning, I want you to understand in your spirit and get it in your head that God is calling each of us to be overcomers, not overwhelmers, being overwhelmed, but to be overcomers in every facet of life. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through this morning. God calls you to be an overcomer. Why? He is an overcomer. And when we operate in that power, when we operate in that grace, we will be overcomers also. But it says, they triumphed over him. Who is the him in this example? The accuser of the brothers and sisters. This is Lucifer, the devil, Satan, whatever name you want to give them. But understand, he would accuse the believers day and night. But understand, as an overcomer, you don't have to take it anymore. Right? Somebody that runs their mouth, just walk away out of my face. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. You know, you don't have to, he's going to continue to accuse. That's who he is. Just because he says you're something. If God says you're something different, what are you going to believe? What word are you going to trust in? Now it's really, really easy when the devil identifies areas in our life of failure and we believe that we are that failure. Been there, done that, right? Right. He's real good at that, right? He'll trick you. He'll entice you. as Soon as you mess up, then he'll say, oh, now you are that sin. And that's not what God has called you to be, right? He's going to accuse you. He's going to say you've separated yourself from God. You can never redeem that. You've gone too far, son and daughter. But what God says is there is nothing that you can do that will ever separate us from the love of God. So the passage says, nothing will be able, present in this life, death, life, angels, demons, gives a whole list of things that will never allow us to be separated from the love of God. So angels and demons, present, future, all of these big things, like sometimes I think we're equating these big things that we make sin that big. Sin is not that big of an issue to God because he dealt with that sin. It's a big deal to us if we believe that we are that sin. Rather than what God has called us to be. But the accuser is going to continue to accuse, but you don't have to take it anymore. So the definition of an overcomer this morning is a person who overcomes something. One who succeeds in dealing with or gaining control over some problem or difficulty. Anybody ever had a problem? Anybody ever had a difficulty? Right? Still dealing with that, or did you overcome that? Are you overcoming that? So, it also implies to conquer, to prevail, to be victorious, to gain surpassing victory. It is also communicated as the mightiest prevail. That's what it means to be an overcomer. So, when I think about that word in its fullness, we should be living lives of victory. We should not be living lives of defeat. If you're just tolerating it and you just think this is just the way it is. And I think we've been guilty of sometimes agreeing with the curse. What I mean by that is, well, I guess that's just how it's supposed to be. I'll be like that till Jesus comes back. And we compromise in this lifetime dealing with things that God never wanted us to deal with. He wanted us to overcome, graduate from those things and move on to the next bigger, better thing. But a lot of times we are dealing with things of our past that is defining our future and we're stuck in the present so we can never get to our future. The devil's always going to get you to look in the rearview mirror. He's going to bring up things of your past that, that, that fell short of what maybe God's best was for you. He's going to keep you to look back because as long as you're looking back, you cannot pursue what is before you. Maybe we'll miss what it is that God really wanted us to accomplish in this life. I think we have to get to the place of saying enough is enough. I will be an overcomer because God said I can be an overcomer. We got to get that in our spirit. Revelations 2.26, it says, To the one who is victorious, to the one who overcomes... And does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Now, victorious, that means to overcome, conquer, conquering, to prevail. But also, this passage gives a little more clarification. Till the end. Okay? An overcomer will be victorious. Jim George, I always wonder who said this quote. It's not how you start that's important, but how you finish. Everybody heard that quote? Right? You know, how, how do we end the race? Not how do we start the race. Uh, that's important. But to him who overcomes is what's important. Now, if we look at Revelation's there's a whole bunch of passages, and I, and I wrote them like this just because it's too many. I don't want to cover all of them. You guys will completely forget everything I'm talking about if I were to just cover all of these passages. But it continues to say, to him who overcomes, to those who overcome, and then it begins to make promises on our, on our behalf, Revelations 2.17, to the one who is victorious or overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna, Revelations 2 and 2.11, um, you will not be hurt at all by the second death. What that is talking about after this life, death will no longer have hold of you. Why we we can ensure our place in heaven. Revelations 3 5, it says, I will dress you in white. I will never blot out your name, um, the name of that person from the book of life. So those who are overcomers make sure that their future is established. Don't have to fear, don't have to fret, don't have to worry about what the future holds. That Revelation 2.17. The other half of that, you will get the hidden manna from heaven. That's the bread of life of Jesus. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it. And here's the other cool part. Uh, known only to the one who receives it. Now that's super, super powerful because let me tell you what, the devil's gonna call you always by the wrong name. He's going to tell you who you were, who you used to be. Um, maybe sometimes he'll re- even reaffirm who you think you are. But you have to understand that to those who overcome, God gives a new name. And with that name comes a new identity and a new purpose. And it's only known to you. You know, we did uh, this, this last Wednesday, uh, had worship. And we had the young adults in there and the youth. And we did this kind of a. Uh, practicing, you know, it was kind of cool. There was like four of us. So we were all kind of tag teaming and communicating at the very end. I just encouraged the the young adults. I said, listen, I believe that the Lord wants to give you one word to identify your identity. Now I wish I would have had this message in my back pocket. I didn't have it, but this just shows that God has a new name that he wants to give you. And he will call you by that name. And only you will know that name. Well, you know what happens when you know your name? You know what you're not, but you know what you are. And it's given to you from God. So it's important to know when you're, a, when you're an overcomer, you will be given a new name. And remember who that is. Because, you know, if you start hollering out, John, Paul, Lucy, I don't care what you say. Until you say, Noe, I'm not answering. Think about it. But we are, <coughs> we are accidentally answering to all of these wrong names. Because that's who we believe ourselves to be. But you only respond to the name that God has given you and allow that to catapult you into the life of an overcomer. Because I tell you what, that name that He's given you is an overcoming name. It's not a mamsy pamsy, like, uh, you know, you know, you know how when people say, man, that's a good, strong name. Like, that's the name that He gives us, that He gives to His sons and daughters. Revelations 3.12, it says, To those who are overcomers, I will make them a pillar in the temple of God's house. I will write the name of my God on them, the name of the city of God on them. I will also write on them a new name. So he just continues to reassure that identity. But being victorious and an overcomer, it will require you to put in some of the work. You must be willing to work through hard things. Challenge yourself and challenge others to keep going. Okay, I got a quick video clip I want to show you this morning because I really believe this clip shows you what the heartbeat of an overcomer looks like. think about that (laughs) how many of you would have hit that first hurdle and you'd have stayed down (laughs) a lot of us are guessing "Uh, not my race lord and we'd have gave up i want to challenge you that sometimes in our lives that's what we do we hit that hurdle and we give up why are we not a people that says man so you're telling me there's still a chance there's still more to run the coolest thing about this guess what she didn't just get third place she won the whole thing but what happens if we fall short? What happens if we stop? What happens if we don't get up? We miss out sometimes on the ultimate reward. You know, I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to be running a race to get third place, to get second place. And God forbid the participation trophy. Everybody knows about that. Anybody ever got a participation trophy? If you're under the age of 20, guess what? You got a participation trophy. When I was younger, you had to earn it. You were all the bummed out ones that didn't get the trophy because guess what? You didn't earn the trophy. You don't get one to just make you smile and feel good about yourself. In the same way that you have to earn that trophy, you have to earn the reward of heaven. You have to get up. You have to fight. You got to dig deep down and find some grit that's going to get you up, dust your pants off, and keep moving, right? You got to keep running. You got to keep trying. You got to keep pushing forward. So the keto to a successful life is to finish well, right? Not just stop, you know. Now there's moments, and, and, and I realize there are times that you have to lick your wounds where you are really hurt and you're, you're vulnerable and you have to take care of yourself. Now if that girl would've broke her leg, would we have said, get up and keep running? No, right? We got a lot more problems, but a little ding, a little scrape, a little bump and bruise is part of the casualty of war. Right? Don't make a little scratch like you broke your leg. Pastor, you don't understand the hurdle scratched me. Come on. Get up. <laughs> I can't raising no mamsy pamdies. Let's go. Get up. Let's run the race. Right? No poor me. I'm gonna go blog about it. And come on. I understand there's a lot of motion on. We gotta get all our feelings out. I don't care. You can put anything out, but make sure you're running in the process. Right? Walk it out. Live it out. Keep moving forward. Keep graduating through season after season after season. Do you realize the older you get, the more hurdles you get the potential to hit? There's a whole stinking track of them. Get a little bit of running. You're like, yes, whop, you hit another one. (laughs) Lord Jesus, here we go again. Right? But if we successfully recover from hitting a hurdle in life, we will realize that there is still hope. Right? There's a recovery. You got to try a little bit harder sometimes. You got to put in a little bit more work. But nonetheless, when you overcome once, you know it encourages you to overcome again, right? But I think a lot of us fall short because we believe that we cannot overcome, that we've just acknowledged defeat. You know, many many people would have justified her losing. Well, if she wouldn't have hit the hurdle, or if she would have cleared it, or if she wouldn't have stumbled, it'd have been okay. We're going to pat on the back. Maybe maybe good luck next time. I don't want a next time. Do you realize we live life once? I don't get a do-over. Like at the end, and be like, hold on, Lord, send me back. I got one shot at this thing to do all that God has called me to do, to be victorious, to see as much of God in this lifetime as I possibly can. How much God can you see? I don't know, but I'm sure going to try to find out. I don't want to get to heaven and be like, oh man, I didn't even realize that's what you were like, Lord. We want to experience his goodness today in the land of the living in this lifetime. I want to experience his favor now. I want to be victorious now. And I know a lot of people said, in the end, we'll be victorious. No, I think God wants us to be victorious now. Because if I go to heaven, there's nothing I need to overcome. All things are made new, right? I don't have strongholds or addictions or heart issues or mindset issues. I don't have any of that problem. Like everything's made well. But I do need that overcoming grace in my life in this lifetime. So I want us to look at Isaiah 40 real quick this morning. And we're going to use this passage to communicate to each of us. And we have to understand that God has no equal. And it reminds us of who he is. But then it also reminds us of what he is capable of doing in and through our lives. We have to be mindful of that. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. In verse 28, it says, "Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is, an, is the everlasting God, the creator of heavens uh, or, sorry, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in, now other translations say, are those who wait on the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So let's, let's dissect that passage just a little bit. Now, 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Let me mosh posh that together to give us a little bit more framework. Verse 7, it says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Verse 8 now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous du- judge will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. So we fight the fight, we finish the race and we keep the faith. So graduates, if you know a graduate, please remind them, um, the race is just getting started. Can you imagine, uh, you know, uh, if, we per, if we acted like graduation was just the end? Think about it. You, uh, if somebody running a race, you know when they're in the chalks, they're, they're down, and, you know, they're on your mark. Get set. And the gun goes off. Can you imagine them just standing straight up, throwing their hands up, being like, yes, I won. What are we going to say? You big idiot. What are you doing? Run. You're just getting started. You are just beginning your race. There are so much more laps before you than what is behind you. So let us, even as people, if we have done that, come on, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get to get running. It's time to start moving, right? We've got to move forward, but it would just be, you know, we would laugh. We'd be frustrated. We'd yell at them and We'd want him to keep going. And I believe God wants you to keep going this morning. He doesn't want you to stop. He wants you to accomplish all that he has for you in this lifetime. And I want to challenge you as long as you have breath in your lungs, there is more to do. There's more to do. God tarries or God keeps you here, then keep working. I've been listening to this song. He says, You know, while we're waiting, Lord, I'm going to be working. You know, I think about that statement, whatever that looks like for you, that we keep working, that we keep serving, that we keep doing all of the things that God has called us to do. So this morning, real quick, we're gonna look at five things to remember to keep you graduating in life. How many of you need help with that? How many of you have been in eighth grade for a long time? Time start moving, right? We want to keep graduating, right? We don't want to stall out. So Verse, uh, chapter 40 of Isaiah, it shows us one thing. Number one, that God is God. He is the greatest with no rival. There is no equal. So we need to trust in who he says he is. Now look at the wordage of this passage. It says that I am an everlasting God. That means there's no beginning. There's no end. Always is, always was. I am the creator of all things. When he says all things, that is past, that is present, and that is future, Psalms 121.2, it says, the maker and creator of heaven and earth. This is the God that we serve. You think he can help us with a few like uh, hurdles in our life? Probably. We just got to allow him to help us with those things. Um, it says, I do not get tired or weary. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. Psalms 121.3, he watches over us and he will not slumber. My daughter asked me the other day, dad, does God sleep? So I guess he could, doesn't need to, right? It says he never sleeps, he never slumbers. Like if he was gonna sleep, I guess it's because he's acting like he needs to. It says he never sleeps, he never slumbers, he watches over everything. He is always aware, he's always attentive, he's always alert. He says, I am so full of understanding that no one can fathom. Now, if we were to try to narrow down the smartest mind in this room, you would still fall short of the vastness of who God is. Now, I think we could collectively combine all of our brilliant minds, right? We could all say, okay, let's all put ourselves together, and we're going to see if we can outsmart God. All of our minds combined would still fall short of the vastness. We could not fathom how um, his understanding, he is full of understanding. It is who he is, all-knowing. He knows it all. So we have to remember that when he encourages us or he challenges us with Scripture, Isaiah fifty-five nine, it says, "For the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts." Why do you think it is that God says that? He says you need to start thinking like I'm not think like I'm thinking, not think like you're thinking, because your thinking is probably stinking thinking. It's falling short of what God wants what he thinks is best for you. You know, me and Becky, we were talking talking about that, you know, always thinking about like, we refuse to have any stinking thinking. When we have people that are really having, you know, just really the enemy is just tearing them up by the thoughts of their minds and setbacks and failures. And then they just start feeding on that, right? And it gets into this really stinking thinking mentality of like, poor me and who am I? It's like, man, where are you getting all that from? That's not from God. That's from the enemy of this world that is battling for the thoughts of your mind. He's lying. Remember, he is the accuser of the brothers and sisters. He's going to do that day and night. Because guess what? I don't think the devil needs to sleep either. I wish that joker would go to sleep for a little while. It would be great for all of us. But he is continually antagonizing. He is continually attacking us. But we we have to understand what is God saying in that. What does God want to do? So we have to understand that God is the greatest life coach because he is the greatest there is. You know, we always hear those stories. Well, if I had a coach, you know, and and we've seen coaches make people excel to a whole nother level of potential, right? Great coaches create great individuals, right? Great teams, great participants and all of those things. God is a great God. He can help you in every single situation. So understand number one, God is God. He's the greatest. There is no rival. There is no equal. God is God. One of a kind, the best there is. Number two, God gives strength and power. That's what that passage says. God helps us endure wind until the end. Right? He's not worried about us burning out after one lap. Um, I always think it's awesome when you watch a runner and they get to the end and they get that last little bit of wind. And then they have a little bit more to, to run. I hadn't found that second wind in a long time in my life, like it's like winded out. But when you have that run, that is what the spirit of God inside of us will do. He will give you that second wind to just try a little harder to run. It comes from deep down, not just, you know, it's beyond mental, it's above beyond physical. It's that inside that just, just, just screaming out to say, keep going man! you got it. You can do this. So God gives strength and power. So this is not just something that he has. It is who he is. So when we come to know God and we invite him into our lives, we get his power and his strength. Guess what? Working in us changes it, right? You know, like by ourselves, we can only accomplish so much good, but God within us working in and through us, it changes the variables. It causes us to be what victorious. We should be graduating in life when we are partnering with the power of the living God living inside of you and me. One of two things. If there's been no change, there's been no internal invitation. Secondly, if he's been invited in but you haven't seen change, maybe you you have not released him to every door in every area in your life where you need God's grace the most. As long as you think you can handle it or you can do it yourself, God will shrug his shoulders. But it is the moment that you cry for help for a specific area that God will show up and meet you right in that need. If it's anger, say, God, you got to change my anger, right? If it's impure thoughts, ask God just to attack that. Don't justify it. Don't rationalize it. Don't say, well, I guess it ain't that bad. Guess what? That's the number one lie of the enemy. I dealt with that one a long time. I was like, well, it ain't that bad. It could be worse. How many of you ever said that? That ain't God. Making those rationalizations or justifications. Um, You know, maybe it's just... um, personal disciplines. It it can be anything. Ask God for help in the areas that you're lacking. God is full of strength and he is full of power. So we need the strength and power in our lives. In our own strength and power, we are in limited supply. So here's the promise from this passage. It says that the weary get strength and the weak will have their power restored. So because the Lord is strong in each of us, we can each keep trying challenging things. How many of you know we have to work to accomplish and achieve hard things? requires work. We have to understand that God will not do all of the work for you, but he will work alongside you. All right, there may have to be some bold radical moves that you just make, but he will be in your corner rooting you on, encouraging you to keep running. Okay? Uh, number three, you will get tired and weary. Notice that example from that passage. It says the youths, Get tired and weary. So guess what? If the youth are getting tired, guess what? Everybody else is getting tired too. So you will get tired and you will get weary. This is not something that uh, may happen. This is fact. Anybody ever been there? Anybody right there right now, right? You know, tired and weary. I'm tired. I'm wore out. Um, so when you when you don't stay tapped into God's strength and power, you're going to get tired. You're going to get weary. It's kind of cool how this passage kind of like tells who God is and then it goes talking about weariness. But if we stay tapped into his power and da, 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 da. And then in the end, he's going to say, hey, when I rejuvenate you, here's what you get. So we're, we're tired. We're weary. Um, Let's, let's talk about just a few symptoms of being tired and weary real quick. The drive to excel in life uh, dissipates. Like there is no drive in you to accomplish anything hard or anything at all. You just kind of want to go through the motions and just kind of just be like, eh, that's it. When you're tired and you're weary. I felt it in church life when I'm tired and I'm wore out and I'm not like at top level and they're talking about building projects. I'm like postpone that for two months. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Not that we don't need to. I just, man, I'm not at the place where I can do that. And, you know, I'm not going to be an overachiever. I may hit average. I may even dip to below average when I'm tired and I'm weary. I'm not going to just be all in. Um, We have to understand that, uh, you know, that our passion to do hard things also is almost non-existent. I won't choose to do hard things when I'm weary and I'm tired. Right? I might go get my go my, I might walk up and go get a drink out of my fridge. The other alternative is like, Samuel, go get my drink. Right. And if you don't listen, Hey, this is how you know when you're tired so I got three kids. So I got three options, right? I will holler at all three to go get me a drink before I'll just get up and go get it myself. Sometimes And I think that sometimes that it's just tired and weary. And yes, this is kind of a corny dummy, but like serious, like you know how much energy I just wasted hollering at all three of them and none of them are hearing me. (laughs) And I get up. Did any of you hear me? I'm still fussing. I should have just went and got the soda and came back right? But you know, there, there's really a lack of energy. There's a lack of, um, doing, you know, I say that's hard thing. That ain't a hard thing. That's straight up a lazy thing. Um, the joy of my salvation will be affected. I just won't feel happy. I won't feel excited. All of these things will be a byproduct of being tired and weary. Um, my potential to stumble and fall is greatly increased when I'm tired and I'm weary. Statistically, we tend to make the most mistakes when we're tired and weary. Okay. Which leads to the next point of that passage. You will stumble and fall. You got that? You will stumble and fall. It's not like you're going to hit every hurdle and you're never going to fall. Everyone falls. Everybody messes up. And when we're tired and when we're weary, we have to ask the question, what am I going to do when I get tripped up? So when I fall down, I have to make the choice ahead of time that I'm going to get back up. What do you do when you hit a hurdle in life? What is your response? I have to understand that failing and falling is a part of growth. In learning to walk, run, and jump, you have to be willing to keep moving forward and try, try again. Uh, If you ever watch an infant learning to crawl and then learning to crawl, to pull up, to pull up, to take a few steps, uh, I understand that all of you in the room put enough effort in because all of you learned to walk. Can you imagine? I'm just going to lay there. I refuse to get up. I fell. Come on. Like, I mean, you're determined when you figure it. Now, some go straight from crawling to running. See, that's like, that's crazy. Like, Like, they were crawling and now like we lost our kid, right? That happens. But there is a determination and there's bumps. There's bruises. Almost every child gets a goose egg on their head when they're learning to walk. Doesn't slow them down. It doesn't. Persuade them, but they keep trying and trying again. Okay, so when you fall, what are you gonna do? What's your response gonna be? If you very rarely fail, perhaps you are being too conservative. Now, I don't know you're like, oh, I'm living the American dream, it's as many, as minimal casualties as possible. Like, I don't wanna try, therefore, I don't try, therefore, I don't fail, therefore, I win, no, therefore, you do nothing with your life. All of the hard thing requires risk. All of the things that you see in people's life that you dream of having cost them something. They weren't passive. Now, are there some entitlements? Sometimes. Most people have to work for what they have. You know, um, let's just use a hypothetical example. Think about right now how much money you have in your savings account or how little or zero you have in your savings account. If you have a lot, how much work was put into putting that money in that savings account? I never had nobody to say, hey, we're going to give you this money to put in your own savings account. That ain't how it worked. I had to work hard. I had to be diligent. Now, on the flip side, don't tell me if you got zero in your account because that's a whole other message. should be having emergency savings, life savings, all of those things, preparing for the rainy day. But let's say you have nothing. Then the opposite could be true. Am I really working hard to establish something? Right? They can go both ways because I tell you what, I've never had money in the bank and said, Ooh, that was easy. It takes work. It takes discipline, right? How many of you know, having zero in the bank requires very little of you, All right? But some of us, we don't try. We're too conservative. Uh, some of you have the mentality, well, it's impossible to fall if I'm on the ground already. Why do that? If I'm, like, I'm sitting, can't get hurt, right? I'm just gonna stay here. Uh, you know, failing and falling should be part. But understand also the longer you stay down, sometimes the more temptation to stay down. You need to get up. You need to get up quickly. Uh, you need to turn your fall into a tactical role and hop right back up. Got an awesome story when I worked at STP, nuclear security out there. We would do our tack drills and all of these things. And there was always running from point A to point B. And we had like guys, observers out there, safety observers out there watching. And this guy was running. We got gear on. Like I'm talking about weight. Like if you want to know what weighed down by the worries of life look like, Join the security force at STP. You got all of this gear on. You're running. Well, this individual stumbles, falls, well, starts falling, turns it into attack roll, (laughs) jumps back up and keeps running. And you see that safety observer go like this, but he just kept on going. I don't think we got pinged because nobody knew what to do because that's not normally how you respond. When you fall like that, most of the time you stay down, you don't get back up. But use that momentum that you already have to turn it into a spiritual tack roll, hop back up and keep going. Right? I'm a big dude, so when I'm running, I like to keep running. If I slow down and stop, it's a lot of work to get going again. You know what I'm talking about? All of y'all know what I'm talking about. When you were little, it didn't matter, but it's like, man, I wanna just keep the momentum. Why well, start all over? Okay? So it's like that spiritually. We wanna keep that momentum, we wanna keep going. We wanna get into gear and start moving again. Don't let the fear of falling keep you from moving forward. Uh, somewhat embrace the failing, but learn from it, move forward. Fall, failing is a part of your growth journey. Okay, it's never been about being perfect, but man, I sure hope you are learning from some of those hurdles um, and just uh, paying attention to that. So that leads us into the last part, real quick. It, it, God will renew your strength. That is the promise at the end of that passage, which this is my favorite part. Um, so, on our part, the renewal process, you know what it looks like? The renewal process requires us to wait. I want to go somewhere, Lord. Why am I waiting? Now, I know many men in here hate waiting. Now, I know the malls have mastered the seating area in the middle of the mall. The other day I was at Claire's. Any dads ever been in Claire's? Dear Lord. Hamburger purses. I mean, they got, I mean, I, I was like, man, I don't know what they're thinking. Anything and everybody can be a, a mastermind designer in this place. But I was sitting there, but Becky was gone. So I was there with both of my girls, and me and Samuel are just kind of moseying around. But I couldn't go sit in the chairs and let Samuel be in there with the girls. So we were all in there enduring it. The lady comes up to me and says, hey, why don't you just go and wait? Well, and I said, I can't. I'm like, I was stuck, right? Waiting is not the funnest thing to do, but it is necessary in God's plan. He says, wait on me and I will renew your strength. Now, how many of you after, after walking for a long time, you sit down and immediately you feel the pressure on your feet, relieve, your joints, all of those things. You immediately begin to feel that change, right? Physically, we have to understand the moment we begin to wait on God, he starts working through those areas in our life immediately, even when we don't realize it. Why am I I not running? Why am I not moving? Because he asked us to wait. Because the first thing I want to say, there's no time to wait. But waiting is a part of the process, and it takes time for this renewal. Renewal takes time, and I believe God begins to work on us immediately when we begin to wait. We have to keep our hope and our trust in him. So he promises to renew our strength. We have to keep our hope in him. Now, how many of you have ever went to... You're going to meet somebody at a restaurant, right? How many of you showed up at that restaurant? You went ahead and ordered your drink and you just sat there and you waited for no reason. Not very many of us, right? If we plan to meet somebody there, then we know that in that waiting, at some point, the person we are waiting for is going to show up, correct? I hope it don't happen where you just show up and nobody shows up. That's a bad day. But listen... We sit and we wait on God because we know that he is going to show up in due time. For a moment, I may be sitting there. It's like, Lord, where are you? Don't don't not show up. And you're worrying about God will show up when we wait on him. Right? He may leave you sipping on that water for a little while, contemplating all your choices in life, worrying about, oh, Lord, what do I do? And And then he shows up on the scene. And it says that he renews our strength. So, what does renewal really look like? When he shows up, it says that we will soar, we will run, and we will walk. So, these are the responses to a fresh new strength. Notice that each of these require movement, but when you know renewal has come, then do something with it. Can you guys stand up with me? Keep graduating, keep moving forward. Man, y'all rested the last 43 minutes because they started that thing at 40 minutes. Should be ready to rock and roll. Right? I'm going to give you two takeaways that I think will radically uh, uh, expedite your continuing to graduate in your life. Number one, refuse to quit or, and don't give up. Keep trying over and over and over. Don't quit. Have a no-quit spirit. Determine to never give up. And number two, please finish the race well. Um, It honors God, and uh, it's important. Not how you start, but how you finish. Have we got prayer teams available? You can go ahead and make your way up. One thing I want to do today before we get out of here, I, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. I don't know if you're laying flat on your face. You just got leveled by a life hurdle. Or maybe you're running and you're weary and you just need a renewal of strength. But I will tell you what, today, whatever you need, God will meet your needs according to where you are at. All right. Talked about mindsets, different things that, that, that we have to deal with, the accuser of the enemy over our lives. You know, sometimes it's not even just hit it's not hitting the hurdle, it's, it's psyching you out from even jumping the hurdle. <laughs> right? Oh, you can't do that. There's no way you're gonna make it over that. Don't even try. And guess what? Some of us take that sucker punch and we believe that. But God says, man, try it. You got what it takes. Reestablish yourself. Maybe you're at a place of waiting where you just need to wait on the Lord. But like I said, once you felt that rejuvenation, let's start moving forward. Tell you what, all of us begin to realize as we live longer that time is short. That time is a gift. You know, some of the best seasons of our life, how did we use them, right? Do we feel like we've lost seasons of our life? Let me tell you what, there's nothing you can do with the previous seasons, but there's tons that you can do with the present season. So what are you going to do here and now as you graduate and you move forward to the next season of your life? Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning and God, I ask that you would just give them special grace to feel like they got what it takes to take it to the next level. Father, if there's who are weary or tired or broken or hurting, Lord, I pray that they would acknowledge those true wounds. And Father, that we would just allow you to heal those things. But Father, maybe the ones that have just, you know, kind of, maybe we just got... Bumped by life's hard things and really hasn't crippled us. But Father, it's kind of uh, made us shrink back. I pray that today that uh, we would determine to move forward radically. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in and through your people today. Just hear these words over you that uh, you can say, I got what it takes because God has what it takes. This morning doesn't have to do so much with you as it does with God. This would be one of those great times to quote the scripture of, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Because he has called us to run this race with endurance. To live as overcomers. So Lord, I thank you for your grace to be all that you've called us to be. Father, help us to lean on you in all of the areas that we're fearful to try again with. And, Father, help us to run this race that you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.